0: Hi, this is Dr. John Ankerberg. I invite you to dig into God's Word today with my dear friend, the late Dr. Wayne Barber, as he leads you verse by verse through the Bible. Let's look at it as it's applied to the Lord God. Look in John chapter 17 and verse 25. Chapter 17 and verse 25. At this Word, righteousness as it's applied to God himself. It says in verse 25, "O righteous Father, who is God, he is righteous. He is inherently just. He is inherently right. In him there is no sin. There is no failure. There is no discrepancy. There's no deficiency. He is God. He is righteous." Okay, now watch. Over in Romans chapter 3 and verse 26, we see it applied to Jesus. That was God the Father. Let's look over At Jesus in Romans 3, in verse 26, we find that Jesus, being God visible, is also righteous, inherently right, inherently just, without failure, without deficiency. Romans chapter 3, in verse 26, to declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, Jesus, that He might be just and the justifier of him who believeth In Christ. Now we see God is righteous without failure, without deficiency, absolutely just, absolutely right. Secondly, we see Jesus the same way. Now look at man. Let's see the comparison. Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. Now we're speaking now of man, the physical being. Okay, watch. Verse 10 as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now you see a difference already. A comparison in contrast to man who is not righteous in contrast to God who is righteous without failure, without, without deficiency. Now, to understand Romans 3.10, we've got to go into the courtroom of God. We must go into the courtroom of God. There we find man accused of what? Of being unrighteous. For, first of all, we see his deficiency. As it says in Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We see his failure, Romans 3.23, says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3 and verse 20 has exposed the sin in man. For it says, Through the law comes the knowledge of sin. So now, man has ceased to conform to God's perfect will. Here we see righteousness, inherently right, inherently just. Here we see man down here. He is not righteous. He has failed. He has sinned. He's deficient. And he is not inherently just or right. Now, for man to reclaim what God once had given him in Genesis 1, something has got to take place. There has got to be a debt that has to be paid. For the wages of sin is death. I love the song that Roy Hessian taught us when he was here. It says that uh, he paid a debt he did not owe, and I owed a debt. I could not pay. Jesus, inherently right, inherently just, without deficiency, without failure, came to this earth and absolutely pleasing in God's eyes and took upon Himself the penalty of the sin that we we had caused and we were. And he went to the cross for us, became our substitution, died, resurrected, and satisfied the justice of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says that he that knew no sin became sin that we might be made the what of God? Righteousness of God. You see, for man to, who is unrighteous to be back into absolutely pleasing favor with God, something has got to happen. And Jesus came to pay the debt of sin. And to elevate man, to exalt man spiritually back into a oneness with God, and righteousness is that which is absolutely pleasing in God's eyes. Galatians 3:27 says that we have clothed ourselves with Jesus Christ. You know, one of the blessings of being blessed, <laughs> one of the blessings of being, one of the things of being blessed, is the fact that we are wrapped in His righteousness. You see, His nature is in us. Isn't it marvelous that He put on my robe, a sinful humanity? in order that I might put on His robe of righteousness, and once again stand without blemish in Christ with God. Spiritually, I'm now one with Him. And what a marvelous picture this is, that a man who is hungering and thirsting after this righteousness, first of all, it came to him at salvation. He realized if he got it, God would have to give it to him. And Jesus did that very thing. Now, as a Christian, He continues to seek The things of His righteousness. And what am I saying? Jeremiah 23, 6 says, The Lord is our righteousness. Now let me put it down in a practical terminology at the risk of missing much of this verse. What it's saying to me in this Scripture is this. Wayne, you're blessed. Have the nature of God. You're walking fully satisfied. If you hunger and you thirst continually after the things that are of my will as you seek to go deeper into your righteousness who is Christ. And you see, when I begin to want to conform to His will, I'm walking in righteousness. But the times when I turn away from that and I choose disobedience, I become spiritually sick and the hunger goes away and the thirst goes away. Let me bring it down one more time. Have you had a time in your life, perhaps since you've been saved, and you went through a long period of time that you really didn't hunger for the will of God? You didn't hunger for the things of God. And during that time you became spiritually sick And the hunger went away. And you knew it. And then one day, God so blessed you, brought you, broke you, whatever we want to say, and brought you back into that hunger once again. Have you had that experience? Raise your hand if you've ever had that experience. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Don't you know that that hunger is not something that you can make happen? Do you understand that? When you were going through that period of time of disobedience... Did you hunger for the Word of God? No, you didn't hunger for it. You wanted to. Why, you even gritted your teeth and tried to get up every day and read at least ten chapters in God's Word, and you were sound asleep before you got through the second one. You just couldn't make yourself do it. But you see, when you've come to the cross, had those sins cleansed in your life, you come back into a oneness with God, what happens? All that hunger starts going all over again. The medicine has been applied. The cure has been put on your life. The blood has been applied, you see. And now the hunger is free to work inside the healthy Christian who, who, who hungers after the things of God. Well, it's absolutely thrilling to hunger for God. If you're not hungering for God today, I'm telling you, you're either dead or you're sick, one or the other. There's no other ifs and ands, nothing, no other place you can put yourself. As a matter of fact, if I drew three circles this morning, right here is one, and right here is another, and right here is another. Now listen, and this circle over here is hot, Okay? And that's that. And that means that you're hungering for God or you're thirsting for the things of Him. Okay, that's hot. Over here is cold. Absolutely, you're bored to tears right now. You just can't stand sitting another minute. And if that preacher says any other thing, I'm walking out of this place. <laughs> that's cold over here. You don't hunger for the things of God. You'd rather somebody stand up here and tell you how good you are or tell you something of some psychological truth. All right, now, in the middle circle, lukewarm. Now, there's two sides to being lukewarm. It's not quite so cold, but it's not quite so hot. And you say this morning, well, if I had to put myself in one of those three circles, I'd put myself in the middle, but I'm not really that cold. I'm kind of hot, but I'm really not. All right, now let's. Hey, that rhyme. I'm kind of hot, but I'm really not. All right, Revelations chapter 3, it tells you what God thinks about that. Do you know what He says? He says, since you are what? Lukewarm. You're not hot. You're not cold. You're lukewarm. What does He say? I will spew you out of my mouth. At the risk of hurting your dinner, it means to vomit you out of my mouth. God's saying, you make me sick because you're lukewarm. You do not hunger after me. And you see, that's what we need to understand. God says, hey, he cannot stand a person who, hey, listen, I'm not speaking of his overall love for you for he loves you in Christ Jesus. But I'm saying it it nauseates the heart of God to think that you have the Word and the Spirit of truth in your life and you don't hunger after the things He's given to you. Righteousness. You wrap it up in Christ and I believe you'll find all that you want to know. Those who hunger and thirst after the Lord our righteousness. Righteousness. Anything that's of Him. His will. All the things He's laid before us. John fourteen twenty-one says, If you have my commandments and obey them, He it is that loveth me. And if you love me, you'll be loved by my Father. And then He says, And I will come to you and watch and make myself real to you want Jesus to be real to you today you want to live and acknowledge that righteousness in your life then if there's anything standing between you and him you need to make it right you're sick or you're dead and once you have done that the hunger comes back it's innate it's not something you can work up it just happens oh it's good as you hunger and thirst for him well oh me I wish I could just get it all out but it's just so much in it I just trust we're hitting at least a direction for you thirdly we see the satisfaction of those who hunger and thirst what's it say Back in Matthew 5, go back to our text. It says, Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled. Boy, what a good word. (laughs) They shall be filled. Now, what is the only thing that satisfies hunger? Food, right? The only thing that satisfies hunger is food. The only thing that satisfies thirst is water. And I'll tell you what. Jesus said, I'm the bread of heaven. He also says, I'm the well of life, the spring of living water. And the only thing that will satisfy, like a Christian wants to be satisfied, the hunger that God has innately put within him is the Lord Jesus himself in his word. I challenge you to find where you can separate these two. For he is the living word and here is the written word. The two of them are put together. How can I eat of Christ? Well, I eat of Christ by receiving that which is His will. How do I receive that which is His will if I don't receive that which is His Word? And the Word becomes that table that you sit at as you feast upon the manna of the Lord God Himself in His inspired Word. Well, you're filled with Jesus Himself. Not in the sense of another experience, for you will have all of God you'll ever have. But it just seems like you're so aware of Jesus Himself. Notice what it says in this verse. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness? The definite article is used in this, and I've brought this out many times. The definite article always refers to a specific group of folks. Blessed are the hungering and thirsting ones after righteousness. Which ones of this congregation is going to, be, going to be blessed and fully satisfied today? Those who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And then it says, for they shall be filled. And a better way to say that with that definite article is they themselves shall be filled. You say, wait, I've been coming to church for years. I have an emptiness in my life. Well, friend, he doesn't qualify anything going to happen in you until you make whatever it is right with God. Then the hunger comes back. Then he satisfies that hunger. Well, who shall be filled then? We know that there's a specific group. And I want you to know this. There's never a once and for all filling because that's in the future indicative passive, which means it's momentary and it's punctiliar. In other words, it's going to happen, yes, but it's going to be momentary. And that's what we were talking about a while ago. You're going to get hungry again. God did not put a stagnant truth into His beatitude. God said it's going to stay fresh and it's going to stay alive. And if sometime today you're reading in Exodus, the 16th chapter, you'll find when the manna came down to this earth, that they were to go out and get it every day. And remember the, one of the conditions for that manna? The manna could not be stored up. It would rot. It would go away. As a matter of fact, they had to get it early, which says something to me. And they came early. And it says, as the sun grew hot, the manna melted. My friend Jesus said, I am that manna, as He talked about it in His Gospels. The bread which has come from heaven, and you must eat of Me. But to eat of Me, you must hunger. And before you can hunger, I must be in you. For that is the nature of one who has become blessed. You see? And to be filled with Jesus is to be satisfied with his word. Let me just show you one scripture in Exodus chapter 12. And we'll bring this to a close this morning. Exodus chapter 12, when they were told to take the lamb, Jesus being our lamb, and to kill that lamb on the 14th day. I just want you to see some of this and see what the Lord might say to you today. In verse 5 of Exodus 12, I could read the whole passage, but I believe this will be sufficient. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And where they killed it was at the threshold of their house. And many times they'd catch the blood in that little pot that would sit there to catch rainwater. Then they took that blood, as he tells us here in verse 7, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Now, they would put the blood over the door. Now, what did they do when they put the blood over the door? They went inside. What did Jesus say He was? He said, I am the door. Nobody cometh to the Father but by Me. And as you come in that door, because of His blood, you get inside. And what did they do with the lamb when they got inside? They roasted it and then they ate it. And something God said to me when I was looking at this, Oh, Wayne, you're protected by His blood, but you need to be satisfied with the Lamb. Protected by the blood, but the very Lamb that was slain was to become our satisfaction. We are to hunger and thirst after Christ who is our righteousness. His will and His way in our life is absolutely pleasing to God without any deficiency, without any failure, absolutely just and absolutely right. And as we are satisfied with Him, that's what He's saying, you shall be filled over and over and over again. Well, I'll close with this, just a personal experience. Do you ever have those down days? (laughs) Are you uh, normal in one sense of the word? Do you ever have those, I mean those Jeremiah days when you say, whoa, unto me is the day I was born. (laughs) Do you ever have any of those? Do you realize that when you get that way, the pains begin to work inside of you? And the only thing now that will satisfy the hunger that has come will be God, His Word, and His righteousness. That's the only thing that will satisfy. You can try anything else you want to do. Pick up the phone and call your neighbor and say, Hey, boy, I've got the blues. How about you? And they're going to say, I've got them too. And you're going to be worse off when you get off the phone. You can go to a meeting. You can go to a movie. You can be entertained by the world. But my friend, if you're a Christian today, the only thing that will satisfy the longing of your heart is God and His righteousness. And when you come to that word, oh, my friend, you shall be filled. You shall be filled. I remember some days in a particular church I served, things really got tough. And God didn't say it wasn't going to get tough. He said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. But thanks be unto God, we're blessed and we have his nature within us. And I remember going out to the little study behind my house and lying down prostrate on the floor. Have you ever done that? And I mean just simply let it all out before God. I was so miserable. I didn't know where I was going to be the next day. didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, my friend, when I began to seek the will of the Father, the filling came. I don't mean filling in the sense of supernatural charisma. I'm talking about the oneness with God was made manifest. The satisfaction inwardly. Even though the circumstances outside hadn't changed a bit, I satisfied. And that satisfaction was momentary, and it was very punctilious. It happened. But I want you to know the next day, I had to come right back to the same thing. I couldn't live off the day before his experience because that food was only to sustain me for a certain period of time. The next day, I've got to come right back and come right back to the table of God's Word. Now, let me ask you this. Are you consistent? Well, brother, when I'm consistent, praise the Lord. I believe there's some people here today that aren't consistent. You're not hungry. You're just not hungry. Matter of fact, you get into the meat of the Word, it chokes you because you've been on milk for so long of your Christian walk. Now, First John 1, 9 says, if you'll confess it, he's faithful and just to cleanse you of all what? Unrighteousness. Therefore, now, since you've been cleansed of unrighteousness, you're free to pursue righteousness. You can come this morning. We'll give you that opportunity. Let's all stand and just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Remain with our heads bowed. Father, we thank you so very much for your word which teaches us that you have put within us the hunger for yourself. And, oh, God, I, I know that we probably didn't, didn't clarify the word righteousness for it's so meaningful. But, Father, thank you for what it is that we seem to, not to be able to find words for that we're understanding in our walk. And, Lord, we, we want you, oh, God, in my own life. I just want your word to be rich and real in me. And, oh, God, I want to walk in righteousness. And Father, I know these people do. And I pray, Father, now that you'll minister to us and show us the direction that we need to go in Jesus' name. For additional resources, log on to jashow.org. That's jashow.org.